Hello there, my name's Chad Jeffries, and thank you for tuning in to the Reboot Something podcast by Trilogy Innovations. We created this podcast as an outlet to share knowledge through the lens of IT professionals in government contracting. Now, our goal is to reboot something, something being the topic of discussion for each episode. Topics range from cutting-edge technologies and how we use them to current events and the economic impact that stems from federal operations. Join me and Team Trilogy subject matter experts for in-depth discussions with guests to include partners, community leaders, technologists, entrepreneurs, and other organizations like Trilogy who are involved in improving the economic landscape through the technology movement. We believe that these conversations will help educate and inspire other professionals, political decision makers, industry leaders, and even the next generation of technologists. Our goal is to ultimately reboot the way we think about each topic that's going to be discussed. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast medium you're listening to and check out our YouTube channel for the accompanied video for each episode. Everybody and welcome to Trilogy Innovations Reboot Something podcast. My name is Chad Jeffries, and I'm your host today. And joining me is Randy Cottle, Vice President and COO of Trilogy, and our CEO and President Brandon Downey, uh, sitting next to Randy here. We did so. not coordinate this. Uh, <laughs> sure, uh, we just both showed up. <laughs> it's always the case. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. But. Uh, but joining us today is, uh, is our guest, Jim Estep. Uh, Jim is the CEO and president of the High Technology Foundation. Um, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's yeah. a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Excited about it. We're excited to have you. Um, so for some quick background on Jim and the High Technology Foundation. So he's been serving in this role since 2000 and has led strategic efforts to build a knowledge sector in North Central West Virginia. Um, and this includes the nationally competitive I-79 Technology Park located in Fairmont. And um, it has really served as the premier economic diversification uh, initiative in West Virginia. And um, it really serves also as a recruitment tool for federal operations, the, the acquisition of federal operations that provide a lot of contracting opportunities for companies, uh, specifically uh, technology-oriented, so companies like Trilogy. Mm, um, so over the past 15 years, the technology park has um, uh, been home to agencies like NOAA, the, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. That took some practice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so NOAA for short. You did it well. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and, and also the uh, uh, Department of uh, Commerce and uh, their cybersecurity headquarters. So over the past six years alone, it's generated $1 billion in contracting opportunities. So um, quite an impact on our, uh, on our economy. Yes. So, uh, but Jim, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, as you said, I've been the president and CEO of the High Technology Foundation since 2000. Um, it's been quite quite a journey. Um, but myself personally, I uh, live here in Morgantown, and I uh, my background, I have a bachelor's and a master's in computer science. Um, and then in addition to real estate development of the I-79 Technology Park, uh, we've uh, been involved in just all kind of technology research and development for the last 20 years. So... It's been exciting, and uh, the economic development aspect of it has been uh, very fulfilling. That's great. 
Yeah, we actually had our one of our first offices in the incubator right. uh, down at the technology park. So, yeah. That's right. Great. So, um, so we will, um, you know, kind of uh, go into our topic of discussion today. And um, so let's reboot the um, economic development in West Virginia. Um, so who better to have this discussion with than Jim? So uh, again, That's super right. excited to have him. But uh, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest challenges facing uh, West Virginia's economy and um, the people and businesses like Trilogy that are making strides towards building a, a brighter and more sustainable future uh, for the mountain state that we love so dearly. So, um, And actually through the acquisition of um, um, federal operations. So... Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we'll um, share some insight and steps that even you can take um, to help reboot the economy of West Virginia. So, Jim, um, what would you say is the biggest challenge facing West Virginia's uh, economy? Well, I, I think if you talk to anyone, particularly those in policymaking, uh, the, the number one topic is economic diversification. Um, it's been pretty obvious that we really allowed our state to become uh, way less diversified than it should have been economically. Mm. And that's important. Um, but one of the uh, uh, side effects of a lack of economic diversification has been its impact on our workforce demographic. Mm. Our workforce demographic has become incredibly unbalanced relative to educational attainment. And what that means is that we just didn't create enough jobs in the state to provide career opportunities for folks who wanted to um, uh, pursue higher educational attainment, wanted to get a degree in some kind of technology sector or something like that. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it's created one of the most epic brain drains in the country over the last 60 years. Mm -hmm. And West Virginia has been the worst in terms of losing population, which of course is mm -hmm. evident in the fact that we recently lost a congressional seat. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest impact too, you know, on a national stage and trying to get uh, some of these federal dollars coming in, you know, the fact that our people are having to leave the state. I know whenever I was uh, getting ready to graduate, I was like, where am I going to go to get a job now? Right. Right. And you hate to, need to you know, step away from home, but yeah. you know, there's other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's to me from a trilogy perspective, kind of use that as an anchor here for, for us. I mean, trying to look, talent that's willing to come back that's yeah. a hard thing to do especially in the government sector yes mm -hmm. absolutely the sector yeah. so a lot of our jobs are going to be the, the federal opportunities that exist today but also right. trying to create a lot of those commercial opportunities to spark innovation and so forth I agree. Yeah. right so jim can you shed some light on economic diversification uh in the knowledge sector and what that actually you know kind of means if you could break that down a little bit maybe give an example of what that means for folks that uh, maybe you know aren't in tune with that link. Sure, sure. I think, you know, Trilogy is a perfect example. Uh, we want companies like Trilogy that are having great success, that has the attitude that this company has, and that is recruiting people to come to our state and work. And they're providing jobs that are um, STEM-oriented or mm -hmm. science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Mm -hmm. And those are the jobs that require higher educational attainment which of course goes back to what I said earlier, and that is it will help us um, uh, balance that workforce demographic in those terms. Yeah. And, and so uh, uh, economic diversification in the knowledge sector looks like what Trilogy's doing, mm -hmm. but in a much bigger scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
think also, and I'll piggyback on that and say, you know, the the initiatives that were right there in that South, you know, Fairmont Technology Park, right. you know, helped us at the very beginning. Oh, absolutely. If it, if it wasn't right. for that, we mm-hmm. would not exist today, right? So yeah. getting us to help, you know, helping us network, develop yes. partnerships, relationships with a lot of those companies in the area, which honestly, we said it before mm-hmm. in the previous podcast that, those companies helped us as well, right? Mm, so yes. it's, just, it's almost like the West Virginia attitude, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like helping yeah. each other. Yeah, helping we hands. To, right? yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand. So we have that. We still need yeah. those services today. Oh, yeah. Right? We're always talking about entrepreneurship, but it's always the chicken and the egg problem, right? Right. You kind of need that federal diversification, yeah. the opportunities here to actually help incubate more and more companies, especially in the technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the government agencies really are the linchpin because if we can recruit more of those into North Central, Southern, the Panhandle, the more that we have here in the state, all these other small businesses, whether it's us as contractors supporting those, or even like uh, you know, there's a lot of these franchises that pop up like the Quiznos and all those things mm. that are then supporting us because we're all here, right? right. Yeah. So it has literally ripple effects. Right. Uh, and I think that's what's helping change the area, and that's what we're trying to do is yep. recruit more of those organizations right. here. And I think you'll also see it in, in a much more increase, especially in the skill set and so forth. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we're trying to keep that here, mm-hmm. you know, change the, the, the demographics, if you will, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, uh, enforce and basically, how to use the word, incubate again, yeah. more technology-based job skill sets to, to actually support yeah. it. Sounds like what we're doing with the uh, the internship program. That's a small scale. That was the yeah. reason why it was started. Yes. So right. if we can't keep our kids in the state, we want them to return at some point. Right. And if yeah. that is the case, we have to give them the skill set needed mm-hmm. to elevate them in front of everyone else that's in their in their in their particular field. Right. right. So if we can actually spare resources, and not just from a technology sense, Jim, we, no. we go through professional development, mm-hmm. we teach them interviewing, we teach them you know, how to, to take a look and revamp resumes. Yeah. So we, we give them more professional skills to actually take it outside if they have to, yeah. but bring right. it back eventually no, one day when important. the jobs come back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I think this is a good segue to, uh, you know, ask, ask you, Jim, you know, how do we uh, create a basis in this state uh, for any kind of uh, higher educational attainment? Well, I think we're hitting on it a little bit with some of the comments we've made. Um, if you go back into the early 90s, uh, when the FBI Criminal Justice Information Service came to our community, you know, they came, they bought a bunch of land, they did a tremendous amount of infrastructure development. But one of the most significant things they did was provide significant some significant amounts of contracting. Mm-hmm. And that had the effect of, of creating a little bit of a business case for the very kind of companies we want to come to the community to come. Mm-hmm. And because the contracting was federally based, um, there was a, a powerful requirement through the Small Business Administration mm-hmm to have small startup companies, specialized companies, 8A, so forth. Mm -hmm. And that had the effect of creating the beginnings of an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. An ecosystem that not only attracted the kind of jobs we need, but also created a fertile ground for companies to be entrepreneurial, for individuals to be entrepreneurial. Again, Trilogy, perfect Mm -hmm. example. So 
I think the key is there to try to do more of that ultimately. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that, you know, folks like Jim, I know Jim's uh, very involved with the state and works with the policymakers going back to what you said earlier. And I think it actually takes a lot of that. Like, you know, we as industry need to be pushing our politicians and stuff to say, hey, in order for us to be successful and kind of recruit the talent or keep the people here, uh, we need you doing your part to help us kind of get some of these federal agencies in here, mm -hmm. again, to make that ripple effect or be that linchpin for our area for success. Right, right. It, yeah. It's kind of interesting, you know, to, to get them here. You also need the people to support it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's it, you know, when you start, start really, really thinking about it, it's not just one problem. It's many problems <laughs> and many solutions that ultimately have to come together perfectly right, in yeah. order to spearhead this thing into the future. And, and every single one of us here want the best for West Virginia. That's the reason why we're having this podcast. Right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Have, you know, our first major one is on yeah. economic diversity. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like every one of us care about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's like, and it's not that there's no other out there that care, individual, company, and so forth. Yeah. But at some point, all of us have to come together and try to push right. this into the I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's the West Virginia mentality. You know, when there's work to be done, we lace up our boots and we mm -hmm. go to work. No doubt. And, and whether it's that means recruiting other companies to help with this initiative or mm -hmm. whatever, because at the end of the day, we all win, right? Yeah, we yeah. want these. Uh, we're breeding competition to make sure that we have that continued growth. Right. What was West Virginia known for in the past? It was known for its, you know, manual labor, the the, yeah. the coal industry. Yeah. Right. for example. And uh, so I think the shift now in what Jim has kind of created uh, for the state is, uh, or at least here in North Cent Central West Virginia, is uh, is that shift to technology focused and uh, technology service based. Right. Yeah. Um, so we say data is the new coal, if you will. <laughs> you know, they're trying to mine the data. <laughs> well, and that's that's an excellent point to make. Oh, yeah. uh, every, I don't care if you're in business, academia, government, every business model, every operational model is becoming data-centric. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And technology is, is evolving around support of that data-centric uh, operational model. Yeah. And so uh, we, uh, we, you know, in West Virginia, we have an opportunity to take the lead in that, for lack of a better description, data mining uh, mm -hmm. activity, just like we were in coal all these years. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're recruiting <laughs> highly skilled jobs to go mine that coal. So right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, so, so Jim, tell us some of the, uh, the, the major programs that are uh, part of the High Technology Foundation or, I guess, Technology Park. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as we've been discussing, you know, our model at the High Tech Foundation to try to create the basis for uh, a knowledge sector is to create a business case that is of the necessary magnitude to attract the, the level of economic activity necessary to truly be a new sector. Mm -hmm. And you know, I should, I should clarify, uh, what we're trying to do is diversify. We're not trying to replace or displace anything. Mm -hmm. uh, for someone to be able to graduate from high school and go work in the coal industry and make it just great money. That's fantastic. Right. But uh, policymakers and everybody has to th consider the fact that we need to participate in the national economy. Yeah. And to participate effectively and efficiently, 
and maximize the returns for the state, our economy has to be diversified at multiple levels. And the most important level is uh, our workforce. And that's where we have fallen short. And so um, we're, we're not trying to replace classic industries with knowledge sector. We're just trying to make our overall economy healthier by adding this piece. And, you know, the recruitment of federal operations is is difficult and challenging, but we've done it successfully over the last 30 years, and we've demonstrated that um, it can be done, and we've demonstrated that it can have the kind of impact that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've been doing it... We haven't really rallied the troops, so to speak, across the state to maximize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think the time has come now where we have to do that. We have to um, have the state involved. And let me just say, uh, I have been thrilled in the last couple of years by the attention that uh, the Justice Administration has given to this model. This mm-hmm. federal anchor model, as we call it. Right. Uh, Governor Justice has personally uh, pledged his support. Uh, Secretary Gaunch, um, the director of uh, Washington Development Office, uh, Michael Graney, uh, and mo- more recently, the new Secretary of Economic Development, Mitch Carmichael. They've all jumped in, and actually, the governor has actually created a program that he calls Opportunity Move. Mm-hmm whose intention is to try to rally the state to do this. And, and it's starting to pick up some momentum. Yeah. And some of the most important uh, players in addition to the state is our congressional delegation. Mm-hmm. Our congressional delegation is probably one of the most important elements. Uh, we are only one of, I think, two states that have both of our senators on the appropriations committee. Mm. Uh, most people don't realize just how powerful that is Mm -hmm. and we have to leverage that to the fullest extent possible and you know i I alluded to earlier that this is the opportunity and it's the opportunity because over the last 20 or 30 years you've seen this incredible growth of federal operations in the greater washington dc area yeah and that really shouldn't have been allowed to happen because what's 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 resulted is uh, this target-rich environment for our enemies. And they it's really a bad situation because they could really disrupt our operations with minimal impact. That has to be corrected. Yeah. And it can only be corrected by moving some of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, the cost of operations in Washington, D.C. are just ridiculous. Yeah. And that region has now become the worst place in the country to spend taxpayer money. Yeah. That has to be corrected by, once again, moving things out. And West Virginia represents the ideal location for reducing that density. And so if we as a state come together under Opportunity Move, if uh, Senator Manchin, Senator Capito, if we all come together and really make a push, then we will redefine, or redefine, I should say, the West Virginia economy Mm -hmm. and and, uh, be transformational. Yeah, the operation, we we were actually just talking with Anna Rittenhouse about that the other day, right? And I know, uh, especially North Central West Virginia has kind of been booming. I mean, we had manufacturing, uh, we had the technology park, and then, you know, there's CDC, NIOSH, Department of Energy, and a lot of these um, 
government agencies and all these surrounding businesses has really exploded in north central west virginia and to your point you know i know uh, the southern part of the state has struggled a little bit you know as the uh, coal mining industries kind of de decreased and that's what we're doing we're trying to raise our voice uh, uh, we started an internal thing at Trilogy, like a Raise Your Voice initiative, and that's when we first called you to say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, this is what's going on, uh, and we uh, wanted to do like a tech conference. Yeah. And then we called you about that, and then the more that we talked with you about economic development, it's not like, hey, let's just raise our voice here, but we need to raise our voice nationally. Right, and I think that's what we're trying to do here, making sure that everybody is aware. And if we all unite together, then we can make a difference here in the state, especially, like I you said, agree. pushing our uh, Congress folks. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think that, uh, Jim hit on it earlier. I'll just reiterate. We're not sitting here talking about replacing any of the classic no. industries with what your dad's. That's not what this, this uh, whole podcast is about. Right. It yeah. is about diversification, right? Yes. And I'm granted. Single one of us, you know, are technologists, and we're kind right. of biased when it comes to. <laughs> but you know, gotcha. just to, just to see, we see a lot of opportunity that are oh, yeah. that are out there. And let's face it; I mean, the, the technology aspect is actually the foundation for a lot of the industries today. Yeah, you know, so it's like mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of room to grow. Well, and I would right. add to that. I would say that even every coal mining family mm -hmm. should be. Uh, strong advocates for diversification because yeah. I know many, many families in West Virginia who have children, you know, maybe one child wanted to work in the coal industry and stayed, right. but the other two moved to either North Carolina, Virginia, right. Maryland, yeah, wherever, right. because there were careers here. So what we've seen in West Virginia is really a breaking up of families because mm -hmm. of this lack of diversification. Yeah. And so you know, one of the things we need to achieve in addition to balancing the workforce demographic is to bring families back together, allow families to stay together and not have to travel across the country. Amen. Yeah. So so what are some of the technology areas that you think are, um, I guess, our, you know, our, our region is well positioned to pursue? Well, that's, that's a great question. I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind is cybersecurity. Uh, that is a prolific technology area that's affecting everything and anything. And if you consider the work that's being done, for example, the FBI, uh, in addition to that, there's some work at the U.S. Department of Energy here in Morgantown that uh, is also on the forefront. But uh, as you alluded to earlier in the beginning of our session, uh, we have both the cybersecurity headquarters operation of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration we also have the headquarters operation of the U.S. Department of Commerce. Mm -hmm. and those are two leading cybersecurity operations in the country. And so we have this, this critical mass of cybersecurity activities mm -hmm. with lots of companies, including Trilogy, that are supporting those operations. Yeah. And so that positions us to become one of the centers of excellence yeah. to support cybersecurity. Uh, the other area is data sciences, data analytics. Uh, this is... Uh, this, just like cybersecurity, is becoming prolific. As I mentioned earlier, everything's data-centric. Mm -hmm. And so that is an area that we are well-positioned. But, um, you know, we have, um, in addition to the cybersecurity operations of NOAA, we have three of their primary satellite ground stations. Right. Uh, we have their premier flagship supercomputing center. Mm -hmm. And the data, and they collect 
um, 99% of the decline in weather data for this hemisphere of the planet through the Fairmont operation. Oh, wow. I and, know that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And 99% of the R&D modeling is done in Fairmont. Most people have no mm -hmm. idea about that. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, there's been uh, close to a billion dollars in contracting through that operation. And as you, I think you said that earlier, actually. So um, that's powerful in and of itself. But what most people don't know yet, but I'm going to try to make it my mission to inform everyone, mm -hmm. uh, all this data that's coming through Fairmont, it serves as the basis of a $7 billion commercial climate and weather industry uh, that is expanding rapidly. What we're missing in north-central West Virginia to be able to take advantage of that is a few spouts mm -hmm. where the data can become local. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody else in the world has the three ground stations and the supercomputing center. So we have a competitive advantage if we can create that, that hook and according to the U.S. Department of Commerce Bureau of Labor Statistics, they're projecting that to that market to double to $14 billion in the mm -hmm. next five years. So if we can put that in place, mm -hmm. West Virginia not only could have a major piece of that market share, yeah. but could be the epicenter of it. And I don't have to tell you what a multi-billion dollar mm -hmm. uh, expansion in North Central West Virginia would mean for the economy. I mean, it would, it would springboard our economic development and economic diversification as initiative is way forward. Yeah. It's interesting because I know, I mean, I'll, I'll plug MIS. That's right. So computer you. engineering, computer yeah. science. Well, yeah. we, got master, we all got masters yeah, in software engineering. So. At WU. <laughs> at WU. Yeah. So uh, I, I will plug that, um, you know, with the MIS program, there are a lot of students out there that are actually studying cybersecurity. Yes. And it actually mm -hmm. makes me a little bit hopeful now. It's like, mm -hmm. who knew it? I would come on the show and be hopeful. Oh, uh, yeah. Know, that, given the industries are actually right there in the right. South Fairmont area, yeah. that there's going to be opportunity that we just started the conversation with. Mm -hmm. They're going to be there to keep those students here. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, Marshall just invested in a cybersecurity right. uh, department as well, right? Yeah. That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and then uh, you kind of hit on something that Chad was like, oh, I didn't know that was happening here. And yeah. that's exactly why they started the hashtag Yes West Virginia. Right. And that's part of what we're trying to do is raise our voice to make sure that people's aware of what's happening here. And they're like, oh, I didn't know they did that in West Virginia. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, West Virginia. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's why we're doing that. And that's why we're doing the tech yeah uh, was to kind of play off that economic development to let other people know, you know, we're doing artificial intelligence and machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, we're mm -hmm. very heavy into cloud migration and uh, d data analytics. Mm -hmm. So the more people that's aware that that kind of stuff is happening here and you're not paying $65 a square foot, you're paying like 10, 15, right. you know, that's the huge difference. Right. Not to mention uh, the cost of living, like uh, just like California is really bad about this, where you have to have a $300,000 a year salary to afford a 1200 square foot apartment. Right. Right. Uh, where, uh, if you're doing that kind of stuff out in West Virginia, I mean, you're living like a King. So to try to get more of those, uh, people out in this area and to see, uh, how you could develop, uh, with these organizations, I think will be a game changer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, this has been a, the, this has been a great conversation, a lot of value. 
Um, so Jim, could you maybe tell us, uh, or the audience, um, even, you know, what, what can, what can we do as, you know, best strategy moving forward to, to help push some of these initiatives, whether it's, you know, at a small scale, which I'm sure a lot of it has to start at a small scale, like what we're doing here at Trilogy, but, sure. you know, um, for, for the folks, you know, maybe in the audience, you know, what are some steps that they can, you know, uh, that they can take the average West Virginian, if you will? Well, I think, uh, number one, uh, just being aware of the fact that we need diversification in the knowledge sector and that we need to rebalance our workforce demographic uh, from an educational attainment standpoint is powerful. Yeah. But I think we have to also be vocal. We have to be vocal with the policymakers and say that we need this. This is critical. This is important to us. Um, and, you know, creating a new economic sector is, is a tough thing to do for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, certainly... Uh, anybody who has great ideas, I, I listen to all the time. But I do believe we do have a uh, incredible opportunity with recruitment of these federal operations, especially because of the things occurring in, in the D.C. area that I mentioned. So I think we need to just be vocal about that with every policymaker, whether that's the legislature, the governor's office, especially our congressional delegation, because they're really in the best position to help us leverage that. And so being vocal is one of the most important things that we can be. And, and you know, I applaud Trilogy for, for being a leader and trying to help achieve that, uh, both with uh, this podcast and some of the events I know that's being planned. I think it's critically important. Yep, yep. I know I'm really excited about, uh, about Tech Yow and, uh, and some of the things, the, uh, the initiatives that, that we're planning to uh, partner with our um, – you know, whether that's competitors or competitors is, is how we kind of, you know, deem that term. But, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we really just want to bring everybody together, have this open discussion and have this, you know, open forum that we can, you know, actually affect change. And uh, the only way we're going to do it is if, you know, you like, share and subscribe for one, but, um, <laughs> but, but also to share this message, you know, if you think that somebody would find this, this conversation valuable, um, you know, that that's 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 how we're going to cause that change is uh, is to get it in front of people and um, you know like what Andy and uh, Matt borrows from uh, yeah. from you know uh, the economic the, development yeah, office. the economic yeah. development office they're doing an amazing job with the hashtag yes West Virginia everything that they're doing to shift everything to social you know magazines newspapers are, are not getting to all ages and demographics. So right. to, to, to reach them through the power of social media is, uh, is, is incredible. So, you know, applaud them for, for doing that I, I as well. well. One other thing is, you know, we, we need to be getting the message out early because a lot of people are like, well, let's go to the high school and try to get them involved in STEM, but really right. it's K through 12, right? Mm. So if, uh, take drones, for example, fun, awesome technology. Everybody loves to play with drones. But the, the industry that can be around that, because, again, us as data scientists, we're, we're capturing that data, we're analyzing it and stuff like that. But there's the manufacturing piece, mm-hmm. right, the batteries uh, that need to be created, uh, the drones themselves. We're going to need pilots. Yep. So there's all kinds of different things that can go around these industries. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, bringing all this different technology has that ripple effect. Right. It's like uh, you, certain components are already here. It, there right. is already here. It's just yeah. uh, trying to find a way to bring everything together to actually start mm-hmm. jumpstart that uh, that type of industry. And I think I'd, I'd add one more thing to our um, 
to our discussion, and that is everyone listening to this podcast, if, if you know people around the country mm-hmm. that have the kind of skill sets that we need, mm-hmm. um, you know, let them know what's happening in West Virginia. Encourage them to check into it because especially those who are from the state mm-hmm. who had to leave, let them know what's happening so that they can take a look and decide for themselves if one of the growing career opportunities is something that would interest them. You know, we, we set up actually a website called come home to wv.com. Mm. It's come home, the number, come home, the number two wv.com. Okay. And, uh, so that people could come put their resumes in and we would, you know, share them with whoever. Yeah. Uh, and we set it up so it could be anonymous <laughs> right. so that, you know, folks won't get in trouble. But, uh, yeah. that's, that's an important component too, because, um, while we definitely want to make sure the workforce pipeline is, is being taken care of with our K-12 through and our education institutions, uh, recruitment's an important component of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed, well said. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's all those little initiatives uh, just like that that is helping to bring back people uh, to the state so we get that representation so we can get more of that federal funding. You know, the thing that bothers me the most is watching all the states around us get three to ten times what we're getting. Yeah. Right? So uh, that's yeah. why we're raising our voice. <laughs> yeah. Or even the, the, you know, acquisition of these federal operations and having, you know, companies, um, you know, priming this that aren't, you know, West Virginia-based companies. So that, mm-hmm. that money is ultimately leaving West Virginia. Right. Um, while it, you know, employs a lot of people here and, and, you know, um, ultimately that money is not here and local. So that's just good. I mean, what Jim hit on earlier, sustainment and just diversification at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, uh, there's definitely a charge for any of those two. It's going to take a while to actually stabilize that over the future. But, yeah. you know, things like this, I mean, like we're yeah. just a small company. Yeah, right? exactly. like literally we are trying yeah. to do everything we possibly can. Right. Yeah. To, again, I'll yeah. plug it again. Raise your voice. Yes. You know, exactly. Shine a light on these type of issues because guess what? We do not want to be reactive yeah. when right. it comes to whenever some of these things start to fail. Yeah. Right. right now is the time to be proactive. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. Well, so I will say this. Right. I wanna. I wanna say thank you to you. Yeah. You know, a lot of this it's right. it's your hard work that uh, right. that you put into it and. Uh, Randy and I yeah. are definitely thankful for you putting all this together. <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we pulled him back here too. from Pittsburgh because yeah, he, he left the state. I was going to say. He, you know, he graduated. <laughs> he left the state. Yep. And we're like, get back over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And here we are. Two yeah. years later, or, uh, have relocated four people back to West Virginia, yeah, which is right. incredible. Um, right. So really imagine the scale, that, yeah. right? Yeah. When we're a medium, large-sized company, yeah. what what effect and, and stuff we're going to have. Yeah. And use end, programs so. like that the state has, like Ascend West Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. And then use that as part of our recruiting tool to help get people back here. Yep. Well, and that's a very good point, actually. I know we're probably short on time, but the Ascend program demonstrates, as, as well as just the trend in remote workers, yeah. uh, that demonstrates that demonstrates that the relocation of many of these federal operations to West Virginia is just that much more achievable. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So we mentioned a, a lot of different, um, you know, links and reference materials. Um, so some of the things that, um, you, you know, we mentioned here today will actually be in the show notes uh, below. So 
be sure to check those out. And again, you know, like, share, and subscribe, and that way we can get that message out. It's just a simple click of a button, and it takes <laughs> it takes your help. So, uh, so um, not that and, we're begging or anything, right? Right, <laughs> definitely not. But we gotta tell you. So, <laughs> but um, uh, Jim, do you have any any final or, or closing thoughts for us today? Well, I'm honored to uh, be your inaugural guest. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> very honored by that, and uh, I think what you guys are doing is great. And uh, again, just to reiterate, uh, it, you know, the time is now for us to um, to uh, really uh, take advantage of the opportunities um, for West Virginia. Yeah, completely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I know. Uh, uh, I just started out and asked my second job was actually with the High Tech Foundation right, uh, right after my internship. So, And that's where you and Brandon. And that's actually that's where, where I met Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, yeah so. through the yeah, we'll say that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yeah. 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 The jury's still on out if that was a good thing or not. We so yeah. We didn't want to bore the first episode. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> So, so like uh, we're gonna have to cut that clip. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chad's gonna have a lot of editing. A lot, a lot of yeah, editing. no doubt, yeah, sure. no doubt. Yes. We're leaving yeah, it all. It's authentic. It's authentic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. But uh, Jim, thanks again so much for joining us. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. So, um, uh, so signing off from the Trilogy Innovation Studios. This is the Reboot Something podcast where we talked about economic development in West Virginia. So. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next time.